Hey guys, I'm Caleb Giddings, and welcome to Firearms Industry News for the week ending, appropriately enough for 2020, on Friday the 13th. We don't have a lot of news stories today, two very big stories that we wanted to cover, and that's going to be it. So I'd like to take this opportunity to thank everyone for listening to Firearms Industry News through most of 2020, and remind you that if you enjoy the program, you to like, share, subscribe, hit notification buttons, throw your phone at your friends, or whatever it is that you do to let them know that you found this cool podcast that usually takes just 10 minutes out of your day. Now, getting started, the first story that we have is not good news, but we're going to talk about something that a lot of us have kind of seen coming uh, in the industry and that a lot of us have been expecting to happen if this whole Biden presidency thing is confirmed, which it looks like it's going to be. So speaking of news, I suppose that is news. Uh, we are hurtling towards a Biden administration and control of the Senate is up for grabs. That will be decided January 5th with a double runoff election in Georgia. Anyway, the reason why we're talking about a potential Biden administration is because we have confirmation from multiple sources that the ATF, high-ranking officials within the ATF, quote-unquote, has already begun working with the Biden transition team with the goal of targeting, you guessed it, pistol braces and 80% lowers. I called this. I said, if we get a Biden presidency, we're they're going after pistol braces and they're going after, quote-unquote, ghost guns. I think we all kind of saw this coming as well with the whole Honey Badger Q brace being targeted as well as some other companies being targeted. But let's get into the meat of this report. So multiple sources have confirmed the following. Acting Director Regina Lombardo and Associate Deputy Marvin Richardson have met with the Biden transition team in a conference call. Uh, Let's see. They... And the focus of the conference call was what an oncoming administration can do via executive action to regulate pistol braces and 80% lowers. We, again, kind of knew that all of this was coming. So what we're looking at here is a, a, a potential administration coming into the White House that is already working with anti-gun officials at the ATF to reclassify currently legal objects to make them illegal. What it looks like they're planning to do with pistol braces is declare any weapon that is equipped with a pistol brace as an AOW on any other weapon, which would require a $5 tax stamp, but also all of the NFA stuff that you have to do, like create trusts, get fingerprints, send it off, wait 60 years for the ATF to approve it, and for them to send it back. Classifying pistol braces equipped weapons as AOWs would be a huge regulatory blow for the millions of gun owners that have them already, myself included. I have a pistol-braced firearm that I like quite a lot, so I would really not want that to get classified as on any other weapon by a malevolent ATF. Now, with regard to 80% lowers, aka ghost guns, I have a hard time seeing us being able to pull this one out. And the reason for that is is pistol braces, I think we have a chance on pistol braces. Assuming a Biden presidency, 
uh, and that Republicans retain control of the Senate, I think we have a chance to keep pistol braces off the NFA due to the sheer volume of pistol braces that are out there. However, I think we're pretty much hosed on the current definition of 80% lowers. I don't see how an executive order to the ATF to reclassify what they consider 80% finished because that's it's all made up. That's the conceit about an 80% lower is the ATF basically said this is the line that makes a lower 80% versus 81%. 80% legal, 81% not legal. All they have to do is move that line in whatever direction they see fit. And yes, it's capricious and arbitrary. We all know that it's capricious and arbitrary, but I don't really think there's anything we can do to stop them from doing that. So the meat of this story is that the leadership at the ATF has already met with the Biden transition team to talk about how to further infringe on your constitutional rights. Awesome. At least they're being honest about what they're about. Now, that does lead us to some good news because let's talk about lawsuits and ever since amy coney barrett was confirmed to the supreme court my favorite gun uh, my favorite pro-gun group the firearms policy coalition has been gatling gunning lawsuits out there the most important of which in my opinion are there two lawsuits that they filed in new jersey and against the city of New York. And these lawsuits are basically aimed at overturning both of those jurisdictions' de facto ban on concealed carry. For people who don't know, while it is technically possible to get a carry permit in New York City, it is very, very much a May-issue state, and carry permits are a privilege that are reserved for rich people who donate a lot of money to the mayor's campaigns or to... You know, people who know a guy, who know a guy, who know a guy, that sort of thing. You and me, if we lived in New York City, we can't get carry permits because we're not special. Uh, you're not, you know, Taylor Swift's bodyguard, so you don't need a carry permit. Uh, as an example of someone who has a carry permit in New York City, Taylor Swift's bodyguard has a carry permit. Anyway, the Firearms Policy Coalition and the Second Amendment Foundation uh, filed a lawsuit, a federal Second Amendment lawsuit that makes it possible for law-abiding citizens to carry a loaded handgun on their person in public for self-defense in and around New York City. The case is called Greco versus the City of New York. This is very important. It's important because this is one of those cases that we actually need to get all the way up to the Supreme Court so the pre Supreme Court can say, these de facto carry bans are unconstitutional. This is the kind of stuff that's exactly why we, I'm hopeful now that we have ACB on the court that we might actually be able to get some meaningful federal interpretations here on some of these carry bans. You know what I would love to see? I would love to see a Supreme Court decision that overturns New York's assault weapons ban and California's assault weapons ban because that would essentially make a federal assault weapons ban impossible. So fingers crossed on these cases in New York and New Jersey to overturn their de facto concealed carry bans. And that is it for Firearms Industry News this week, uh, February the 13th, or February the 13th. What year is it? It's 2020. No one knows. November the 13th. Friday the 13th of 2020. 
I'm Caleb Giddings, and once again, I'd like to thank everybody for watching, listening, and enjoying the show. I hope you guys continue to like, share, and download the podcast. Y'all have a good week, and stay safe out there.